We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Well, Lori, this weekend, we were cleaning out our storage room. and Fun. Oh, yeah. We're, we're <laughs> starting to clean our storage room. Let me just put that out there. We're starting to clean our storage room. It's amazing every year what you collect. I think, how did it get like this again? Anyway, we're cleaning it out, and we're pulling out some of the kids' toys. And it just turned into this adorable moment of them talking about all their pet shops and My Little Ponies and what they used to do. And just the nostalgia of seeing some of these toys being pulled back out. Because we've kept quite a bit of the girls' toys. Okay, so what, what are their little collections? Okay, we've got My Little Ponies. We have the Beanie Boos when those were super popular. Um, pet shops, I say pet shops? Yeah. Yeah, okay, My Little Ponies. And tons of Lego. And Lego. Lots of Lego. And then they had things like um, Moxie dolls. They're kind of like a bigger Barbie. They had things like that. How about your girls were yes. kids? Were they into collecting lots of stuff? Yes, yes. So my basement is filled with probably, and no joke, probably about 10 bins of American Girl doll stuff. Oh my goodness. And the stuff is big, right? Like the pieces are really big and the <laughs> dolls are big. They have that. They've got their Beanie Boos. They've got their Barbies. They've got, you know, all their little collections of things that were so, like, nostalgic for them. And and I keep talking to them about, like, okay, well, what if we, you know, donated them to, you know, this or da-da-da-da. And they're like, mom, how could you? Like, they cannot part with it. I know. It is so powerful. Like, the memories that are attached, like, when they were talking about how they used to play with them and who they used to play with and... All of that, but it just got me thinking because I've been preparing for a message. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm doing a six-minute message. Nice. I know. Like, it's going to be really neat. We're doing like a panel type where we're each taking. We're doing that together with Pastor Jason and Terry. Anyways, we're doing this round-robin kind of thing. But to scale a message to six minutes, you and I, I don't know if you're like, well, we're both the same. Long-winded. I'm like, I was going through my pages. I'm like, I wanted to talk about this, but then I'm like, I can't really unpack that. I, I had to keep scaling it back, scaling back. And even now have I'm like... S- have you seen our podcast? They're like an hour each episode. I know. I know. So I'm like, did I do this justice? There's so much to unpack. And my topic was on remembrance. So beautiful. Just beautiful. Yeah. So unpacking remembrance. And you know, there's two different parts of remembrance. You know, our part in remembrance and God's part in remembrance. And so it's really profound when you actually start going through the scriptures because actually the Bible is a book of remembrance for us to see the thread of the character of God and his provision for us with redemption, with reconciliation to him all through scripture. It's a book of remembrance and it's history, it's prophetic words, it's Revelation is still to be fulfilled, but everything, it's like you see that thread of God remembering us and the blessing that comes when we remember him. So it's really profound. And I know like for me, when I was doing the message, I just was really overcome with just the thought about if I was just to take it on this angle right now about our part in remembrance, we can remember many things. And it's not just about remembering, it's about what we're remembering. And I was thinking back to a story in my life where there was a season of my life where I really was, 
ashamed of how I responded in a couple situations in a specific season that caused some damage, you know, with relationships. And I was thinking about the remembrance of how often my heart wants to remember how I reacted and how I responded in this situation. And I feel like even as I was writing the message, it was God was just revealing to me over and over the power of remembering his goodness, the power power of remembering his faithfulness, of his strength when we're weak, his redemption, and of him transforming our thought life. Because when we remember, we think about something, we can easily remember any situation. Now let's just go to a place that maybe was painful or a place where you did some damage or some damage was done to you. It's easy to go into a place of remembering pain, remembering of your shortcomings, and just having this tape recorder start to play. It almost triggers the emotion, the thoughts start to come of how you felt. And all of a sudden in your life now, it brings you that past brings you right into your present and you start to feel discouraged. You start to feel perhaps disqualified or not good enough or start thinking, wow, I want to take this step, but I'm not able to do that. And it actually, if you think about it, it's like a tape recorder and remembering the wrong thing, focusing on the wrong thing. Now I'm not talking about dealing with pain. I'm not talking about that. But when we've been free, when we've moved through a season and God has redeemed us, there is a real power of darkness to pull us down in our remembrance of things that are focused on ourselves or focused on the wrong thing. On the vice versa, there is a power. When we start to look at that circumstance through the eyes of faith, through the lens of the kingdom, to say, even in that, God, you are working out good. You say, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, that you are working out all your plans for me, not to harm me, but to prosper me in that situation. That when we see through that lens, we can now be filled with great joy in the present. And that joy solidifies our hope for the future. And so I was just thinking about the power of remembrance and both those tensions. And it just got me thinking about how oftentimes I get stuck in my present when I allow my past remembrance to dictate how I'm thinking and the lens of how I'm viewing today. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That Mm. is a powerful, powerful idea, a real awakening moment today, honestly, to think about. And, you know, it's starting to stir even times in my own life that I have sort of fixated on the wrong thing. You know, God's trying to lead me on a redemptive journey. Maybe, you know, I can think of specific instances where I've been hurt deeply, deeply, deeply hurt. And my mind wants to remember the hurt over and over and over. My mind wants to fixate on the hurt. My mind wants to take me into mental arguments with that person and wants to put that person in their place and wants to see vengeance. And my mind, my remembering, continues to dwell upon the pain while God is trying to lead me on a redemptive journey. And it can really hinder that obedience to God's word. God gives us a a plan, an outline, exactly what we need to do, both when we sin or when someone sins against us. He tells us what we're to do and gives us the way. And like you're saying, I'm not talking about not acknowledging 
pain and hurt. No, we have to acknowledge pain and hurt. We have to be able to process that. But once we've released that to the Lord, there's a real discipline around like, what are we going to choose to remember about that situation? And I think sometimes we get mixed up because we feel like if we don't remember all the pain, if we don't remember all the hurt, that maybe somehow we're going to put ourselves in a position to be hurt like that again, or, or, or somehow they're going to get away with what they did to us. That's somehow us holding on to it and remembering it and reliving it over and over again in our mind and in our thinking is somehow holding them responsible for what they've done. None of that's actually true. None of that's actually true and none of that is freeing. None of that is going to bring any redemption or any freedom. In fact, it's the exact way that the enemy works in our life to get us to forget what Jesus did for us when he went to the cross and he bore all of our pain on himself. And so that honestly is a really, really powerful idea. Not just remembering, but what are we remembering? What are we remembering about our life, about our past, about even how God is weaved into our story? I mean, how many times, you know, have we chatted with people, you know, walked with people, or even in our own lives, held God responsible for the circumstance that we find ourselves in and said, like, God, how could you let this happen to me? How could a loving God allow this type of, you know, devastation or pain or difficulty or struggle to happen in my life? And, and again, it's, it's a perspective on remembering, but it's a false one. It's a false one, right? That we, again, are looking for someone to blame or whatever, but Wow, that is a that's a very profound profound thought and and I'm going to be I'm going to be dwelling on that mm-hmm. for some time just to make sure that I'm not wrongly remembering um things in my life that are, you know, really blocking me from moving forward. Mm-hmm. It's really powerful and I just really encourage you if you're listening, you know, to do the same. Do some reflection on things where you feel like you're a bit stuck, where you feel like you're a little bit blocked. Just think about it from the perspective of what am I remembering about that situation? What am I holding on to? And, and what you're remembering may be true and it may really have happened and it may be really true feelings that you're having, but are those feelings or is that thing that you're remembering going to lead you to a place of redemption? That's, I think, the question that you want to be asking yourself because God wants to bring us into a space where where we fully remember what he did and that overrides what happened to us. That overrides our sin and what we've done and the shame that we're carrying about what we've done. He wants to bring us to the place where he says, no, no, my cross comes above what I've done. My blood that I shed for you comes above what, you know, has happened to you. And I am here to bring you redemption through my grace. So that so is, good. yeah, that's a really powerful idea, Rhonda. I know we're just getting fired up here because it, it really is going to a deeper place in our hearts of remembering. And it's an intentional thing to focus on the right thing. Because, you know, all through scripture, like when I think about even in Egypt, the Israelites, when they came out of Egypt, they had seen things that in our lifetime we would dream about seeing. Like they see God, a pillar, you know, and fire and a cloud, (laughs) you know, they get, they go through the waters, the waters are split. Moses leads them through. They have the Ten Commandments giving to them, like Manna every day in the morning. All the plagues. Yeah. And how God even Passover, passed over saved their firstborn, literally rescued them. 
deliverance. Yeah, exactly. And so you think of all that they experienced in Egypt, then they go into the wilderness, and it talks about them really making God so angry because they forgot to remember him, how faithful he had been. And it even says here in Psalm 138, um, I'm just going to go back to, oh, sorry, wrong one. One, um, I'm just looking through. I just lost my page here. But it talks about them not remembering how God had cared for them and him being so upset about that and the anger. They were thinking about Egypt, how good it had been, how wonderful at the food. They were saying, even in Egypt we had this. And here God has provided manna. He's done all of this for them. But they're focused on the wrong thing. They were in slavery. They were in bondage. They had suffered so much pain for hundreds of years. And here now they're in discomfort. And they're focusing on the food and the ease that they felt in that moment, forgetting everything else of the suffering. And here God has provided a way, but it's a harder trek. They're in a wilderness. They're walking through. They're trusting. They're needing to trust God, but they're focused on the wrong thing in Egypt. And that's kind of where the message kind of was birthing in me. I was thinking, how many times is God bringing me in a wilderness season for a promised land? But because I'm focused on Egypt... And where he's, those little petty, fickle things. Because even when you read that in the Bible, you're like, seriously, Israel? But we're exactly like that. How quickly we forget. And it's just a reminder to say, God, when I'm in the wilderness, when it is uncomfortable, when I'm not seeing the promise, when I'm not sure of how things are going to work out, may I be focused on the faithful trail that you have led every moment of my life. May I see the faithful trail. And as I see that, may I hold fast that your promise and your provision will come true because it says in Psalm 138 that he fulfills a promise and he backs up his promise by the honor of his name. I mean, if God is backing up his promise to us to care for us, to look after us, we can be sure that we are going to be looked after. He backs it up by the honor of his name. That's so powerful, even meditating on that. So may we remember if today you're watching and you're in a wilderness and you're feeling very discouraged, just like Lori just spoke to your hearts a few moments ago, may you look back and not wish you were back in a moment of ease because we quickly forget all that that season has brought in our lives too. There, there's a lot there that we can easily blur out and just focus on the wrong thing. May you be able to focus on the trail of God's faithfulness because it has been there every moment of every breath that you've taken, there has been a faithful trail of God's love. And he is backing up the promise that he has for you to care for you and to give you all that you need because he is the supplier of all that we need in our lives. And he has promised that by the backing of his name. And so we can rest on that and be secure in the future. Yes, yes, that's so true. What do you think it is in our humanity that has this sort of revisionist history Hmm, that goes back and tries to relive the past, but but glamorizes it a little bit. That's a good, that's exactly what what happens. What is that though? What is that in us that makes us do that? That makes us sort of forget the hardship of the time and only remember certain aspects of, of parts that maybe we want to go back to, or even we don't remember it as it was. We, we reimagine it in a different way. Like, cause it's funny to listen to the story of the children of Israel. And as we we're just reading it as a story and to see all these supernatural acts of God, like, like beyond 
anything in the natural, beyond anything that could possibly happen by natural means, supernatural acts of God, for them to go back and say, at least we had kiwis and pomegranates or whatever. I remember a couple of scriptures are talking specifically about the food that the they missed, cucumbers or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It was specific yeah. foods, leeks or something. I can't remember the scripture, but it was specific foods that they were missing because they were having manna every day, just manna coming from heaven. Like just supernaturally provided. provided. Yeah. But, you know, and, and it's funny to read, but we do the same thing. We do it. We go back in our past and we remember times and we don't remember them in their totality. We only choose to remember certain aspects or maybe even make up a whole new story of what it felt like at that time. And I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is for us in our humanity that we can't just embrace the present with all of what the present has for us, both whether it is a wilderness season, but for the children of Israel at the time, I wonder what it would have been like for them in the wilderness if they would have remembered God's faithfulness, if they would have chosen not to forget, but to remember what God was doing and remember his covenant that he made to them, remember his faithfulness, remember his deliverance. And if they focused on that and if their minds were continually dwelling on God's faithfulness, how would it have changed their wilderness experience? How would it have changed their attitude? I mean, it talks about them grumbling and complaining continually. I mean, we're in a bit of a wilderness season ourselves right now and mm -hmm. people are constantly grumbling and complaining. I'm grumbling and complaining. I hate this. I don't like the way that life is right now. This is not. So again, I can look back to a different time and be like, oh my God, gosh, I can't wait till I can do, 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 and, you know, list all these things. But again, what is that inside of us that sort of glamorizes a different time of our life, you know, only to sort of complain and grumble and be dissatisfied with what we have in the presence when God is equally as powerfully in this present moment with me, with you, with all of us, he's with us in this moment, yet we constantly want to go back and we constantly want to try to glamorize something that you know that's a probably good way of saying it as it as we think it probably no. was not as we think it was no that's such a good way to think to say it because it's so true it's like a movie reel and you just bring out the highlights <laughs> you discard everything else it's just the highlight reel that you want to remember you know it goes right back to garden of eden there is in us with pride this lack that god is not enough right even eve with think of the garden God walked with them in the cool of the day. Like, think of that. They had paradise. Everything he created was for them. Everything, everything. except one tree he said, don't touch. That's it. Mm -hmm. he, they had everything they could possibly need beyond measure. That's it. Except one tree. He except said. for one tree. So this started at the very beginning in Genesis. This feeling of lack or God is withholding something from us. And it's pride. It's pride. It's us wanting to be like God. It's us wanting to call the shots, us wanting to have control, but it comes from a deep-seated lack of knowing God and knowing his promise. And you see it right to the end of the book. The final story is the same thing, man versus God. It's just this thing trying to get that lordship, but there is a deep, deep, deep root of sin in all of us. And we see that right in the garden. And so that lack of that God is not enough, that God will not provide, or God's withholding? Why would God allow that? You know, all of those questions, all of those things that we tend to go to comes from a deep-seated place of sin and pride that we have to work through and bring 
to God to heal and restore. And we may not have all the answers to all of our questions. Absolutely not. There's mysteries that we won't know on this side of heaven, but God has promised to make all things new. And that's a promise that we can say, okay, this may not be the journey I wanted. This may not have been the plan I intended, but God has been good and God has been faithful and God will work all things together for my good. And he is not withholding from us. He is not withholding. I think we need to hear that. God is not withholding. You know, God is a sun and a shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. But the promises we won't always see on this side of heaven. And that's where our faith has to be in that God sees things like when you talk totality, eternally God yes. sees it. But our vision has to move to a kingdom vision of eternal perspective. But right from the garden, Lord, even as you're talking about that, right from the garden, they yeah. they chose to say, this is not good enough. I want more. What if right. could be something better? Something better. You're, you're so right. So thank you for that convicting moment. And I know if you're listening today, you're like, oh, oh, that's my pride. Okay. So right now in Jesus' name, we yeah. just lay down we do. pride. We yeah. lay down our pride, our pride that says the past was better. I want to go back there. Pride that says I want control. I want things my way. I think I know better. Pride that cannot um, resolve the current situation that I'm in, pride that says, no, like I should not be in this situation that I'm in. I deserve all of these things, wanting to control, wanting, thinking we know better, wanting to be God of our own life, wanting to be Lord of our own life. Lord, we lay all that down and we just repent for that. And we yeah. ask for us to be humbly remembering your faithfulness and all that you've provided and all that you've given to us, because that's our only posture that can fully walk in the fullness of what Jesus has done for us and what God has already provided for us in the here and now in your present circumstance. Lord, help us to change what we're remembering about our present circumstance so that we can see you in the midst of it because you're faithful every single time. It's just who you are. You can't yes. not be faithful. Yes. It's who you are. It's part of your character. So we just choose to remember that right now. So powerful. You know, in, in um, Deuteronomy, I love this because all throughout the Old Testament, you know, God reminds the children of Israel again and again and again of his covenant, of the covenant that he made to them, that they were his chosen people and he was bringing salvation and he was bringing promise. And, and this is like a foreshadow of what he's bringing to all of us. This is just the start of the story. But again and again and again, he said to the people, I want you to remember the covenant that I made with you. Do not forget it. And he said it so seriously and he gave them very specific instructions. And in, in Deuteronomy 11 here, he says, and I'm going to struggle a little bit to read this because uh, I, <laughs> I, need need to, I need to get reading glasses, but, but I'm going to see if I can get it. It says in Deuteronomy 11, it says, You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall teach them to your children's children, talking of them when you are sitting in your house, and when you're walking by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord God swore to your fathers to give them, as long as the heavens are above the earth. Like again and again and again, he says this, 
tell your children's children of my faithfulness. Tell them over and over again of what I did, of how I delivered you. And the truth is that not every season of our life is as tangibly supernatural. You know, the the time that we gave our lives to Christ, usually that's this beautiful, miraculous moment of just our eyes are open and we just recognize what Jesus has done to us for us. And we, and we're so, we're so in awe and it, it transforms us in a moment. It's this beautiful moment, but not every moment of your faith feels like that. But in this story, we need to tell that story, the story of our salvation, the story of God coming into our life, the story of being set free from different things. We need to tell those stories again and again and again because it reminds people and reminds us of God's faithfulness. This is how we translate this verse today. We need to tell our children's children of God's faithfulness so that they don't forget because God knows we forget. We forget all too often. Laura, that is so powerful because there is something we remember When we share the testimony, gratitude fills our heart and we begin to worship and we give, we begin to give thanks. And it is so pleasing. It says to enter his courts with thanksgiving and into, into his presence with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. So we enter into his presence with thanksgiving. And that comes to say, I know my King, I know who he is and I'm standing on the promise of his name. And as we share that, it it just rises and stirs up great faith. So I love that. It is about telling. It is about sharing. And it is exactly why God told in Deuteronomy that was, those messages were for the generation after the wilderness. Right. To say like, don't forget what I did in Egypt. Don't forget how I led you through the wilderness. And now you're in the promised land. Don't forget my goodness. And that's the other part. Like I just love on the flip side, first off, the Thanksgiving. When we have hearts of gratitude, it really, I almost feel like it's almost like this protective balm that just comes over us and keeps us tender. Because Thanksgiving, it is linked with humility. And it it's is. because when you're thankful, you're acknowledging that what's been given to you is a gift. Your life is a gift. And so as we remember the right things, as we focus on all that God has done, as we share with our mouths the power of our testimony and the goodness of God, we begin to give thanks, and that is a pleasing aroma to God. That is worship to him. And it's saying, you are enough, and all that I've been given has come from your hands, and I receive it, and I give it back to you in thanks. And so I just love that because I think that's even another part, right. Thanksgiving. That's, that's like so beautiful. their conversation. No, it's so true. walking yeah. in Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's so true. And, and even later in the New Testament, what we see is we see an instruction to tell of the testimony of Jesus. Like, it's not even just our own story. Yes, we want to give God thanks and praise for what he's done in our life personally, but we're called actually to testify to the testimony of Jesus, to what Jesus has done. That's part of our remembering now. That's part of the power of this story, of bringing the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's part of making disciples. That's part of remembering, is remembering the testimony of Jesus and sharing that testimony, not just what God has done for you, but what has Jesus done for everyone. And that's so, so, so powerful too. So powerful. And then we go into the whole other side of how God remembers. Okay, like that's another whole message to unpack. So you can see how hard this was for six minutes. We've already talked, I don't even know, but half an hour and I had to do this in six minutes. I I don't even know. I, I still have like, there's so much I want to pull from. 
But when we think about our part in the remembrance, because it is an exchange, our part in the remembrance, but what God does to remember, like when I just think of even every time you see a rainbow, God put that in the sky as a reminder of his covenant for him and for us that he will never again wipe everyone off the face of the earth through the flood, like his covenant promise. We then see, you know, all through history, how God fulfilled his promise. And how many times he says, I remembered. He remembered them. He remembered a promise he had made. Even with David, he remembered that there would always be a king on the throne. And then we go into the New Testament when we're talking about Jesus. Jesus, one of the last things he did with his disciples, when he took bread, he gave thanks, and he said what? Do this in remembrance of me. It was to remember that what he was going to do, that he knew the completed work would be done. He knew that it would be the work of the cross, the finished work of, of resurrection, of the Holy Spirit coming and empowering us, the church, his whole plan. He's saying, as you take this, do this in remembrance of me, my love for you, my covenant from Genesis all the way through for forever. I am a covenant-keeping God. And when you see the Old Testament through the lens of Jesus Christ and that covenant that God fulfilled through his son. It is so powerful. God remembered all the way through. He could have gotten rid of us so quickly. We are difficult and troublesome, but all the way through, he remembered. He remembered his covenant. He remembered his covenant covenant to us. And it says, even in the Bible, I love how many times it talks about like scrolls being opened, that God has written things down. He has remembered. And there's a scripture I want to read in Malachi it is so special, and I just love what it says. It's Malachi 3, and uh, we could go on about this remembrance of God for Honestly, us. Honestly, while you're looking at Malachi 3, I just looked up the word remember, yes. and it, it, I, it would be so curious to do a study to find out how many times God commands us to remember and how many times it references God remembering. Because mm-hmm. even just looking up the word remembering in my um, Bible Gateway app, It says, but God remembered Noah. I will remember my covenant. Um, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant. This is all God. This is all God remembering. God remembered Abraham. God remembered Rachel. Like how many times is it actually God remembering, not us remembering, God remembered his covenant with Abraham. Like again and again and again, God remembered. He is the faithful God. He's the one who's faithful when we're faithless. And exactly what you just said is so true that God should have and would have been completely justified to wipe us off the face of the planet and just said, well, that didn't work. (laughs) You know, because he's given us a choice. He's given us free will to follow him. And we're so unfaithful. We're so completely unfaithful because again and again and again, we want the glory. We want to be like God. But God remembers. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. I will remember my covenant. I will, for their sake, I will remember the covenant again and again and again. This is God remembering the covenant. And it's so interesting that it's written like this because just like we need the discipline to remember, God keeps saying out loud, I will remember my covenant. It's holding him to what he promised. And again, that's the discipline we need. We need to hold ourselves to the promises of God, to what God has promised, and remember that, and let that be the tape recorder reel 
That's in our minds over and over and over again because God's doing this. He's showing us this way by example, and he is absolutely faithful. I'm just amazed as I just go through these scriptures again and again and again and again. God remembered and he remembered each person by name and he remembers you by name. He literally could write in his word, I remember and your name. I remembered Rhonda. I remembered Lori, my faithfulness to them, the covenant that I've made, the salvation that I've given. And it is a binding, everlasting covenant. He will never, ever, ever go back on that covenant that he's made with you through salvation, through Jesus Christ. And so, again, it's a powerful part of the character of God. What a hope. I mean, if we are ever feeling discouraged, what a hope that God is holding fast to his promise. If God's holding fast to his promise, I'm holding on fast to him. Because Amen. we know how our promises, how they end up. <laughs> they're, not, they're not secure. But God, we're holding on to him. There's this, I love this, um, this portion of scripture, and it's so precious to me. And I've often read it over and over again. And it's found in Malachi 3, verse 16. And the title on my page says, The Lord's Promise of Mercy. And it says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they said. I love the intimacy of that. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. And I feel like this kind of brings all of our, this is kind of one of the threads of my message was my main focus here, that this is really what it all comes down to, that we talk, we, first off, it says those who feared the Lord spoke with one another, that that the fearing of God, coming in that humility, serving him. But God is listening to us. He is with us. He's not a far off God. And he is writing in his presence on a scroll of remembrance the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. And I'm like, I want to be on that scroll. <laughs> I want to be on that scroll that I'm thinking about the honor of his name. So this brings us right back to our part of the remembrance that God sees how we intentionally look back and see his faithfulness. And he rewards that. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And when we seek him, we find him. And so right here, I just love it. Isn't that powerful, those words? Yes. It just goes right to my spirit to be like, I want to be on the scroll of remembrance that I thought about the honor of his name. And so that is, he, he said thought about the honor of his name, that they feared him and thought about him. Wow. I'm like, wow. wow. Like talk about just a beautiful beautiful summary scripture to what we've been talking about today. So I just love that. So powerful. Yeah, this is a powerful conversation and I think it just hits us on so many levels in our life. But I hope that like the hope of my heart in this conversation is that you know, we lifted high the name of Jesus, that we brought honor to his name, that we brought honor to yes. the name of God as we spoke about his faithfulness, that he is a faithful covenant keeping God and that we have a covenant with him yes. through Jesus. Yes. And so we testify to that. We testify to what Jesus has done and what that gives us, the redemption that that provides us. And my prayer for myself and my prayer for everyone is just that there would be an exchange that happens today from whatever that tape recorder reel has on it that's preventing us from walking in the fullness of that redemption. Because, yeah, this is, this is profound. It's so profound. And something I think even as you're listening that you can do very actively, and it is so profound, is to take communion.
Because there is, when we take communion, Jesus said, do this. He didn't say, oh, think about it. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And when we take communion, when we acknowledge that the gift of salvation is a gift, nothing short of a lavish gift, when we acknowledge that through the symbolism and the act of taking communion, and you can do that in your own home, you can do that whenever you feel the Holy Spirit prompt you. It doesn't have to just be a church. This could be something that you open up your scripture and you walk through. What you're doing is you're aligning yourself to the covenant because what Jesus did is aligning to the covenant of God's faithfulness. And so as you take communion, it is a symbolic moment for you to remember that all that you have and all that you are is through the work of the cross. And because of that, we can live in full power, full authority, and full grace because of what Jesus has done. And so remember him. Like we're saying, we are lifting high the name of Jesus. And that is my prayer, that as you take communion, as you, you think back and remember that his name would be lifted high. And so we just acknowledge he's the king. We prepare our hearts right now to say, you're king. Rule and reign, and may you literally take out anything that is not of you and replace it with what is of you, that we'd have an undivided heart that would honor and fear him. That's right. That's right. So as we go today, we want to remind you, hold your position in Christ. Hold it. Hold it. The enemy's going to want to try to sway you. He's going to want to try to get you to remember things that are not from God, that are not going to get you where you need to go. Hold your position and remember who he is and remember his faithfulness. I love that. And you can follow the king with fear, with pure confidence because the king is going before you and he has been faithful from the beginning and will be faithful at the end and all for eternity. And so follow your king and you can trust that he is trustworthy. God bless you today. Thank you for joining us today on the Awakening Moments podcast. We pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life. And we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends. And remember, you are so loved by God and He is always with you.